Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Fighting the good fight all throughout the night. The crime-fighting toil and criminals foiled. Miles that I ran, a huge CrossFit fan. Working and planning the streets I've been scanning. Sleepless nights and the toughest fights. Slammed on the gas and all that's come to pass. But the papers only seem to care about my ass. That's a poem I wrote called Nightwing by Scott L. Robbins, 12 April, 2022. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, the Madman, lowercase. You can reach me at madman at fxbgpr.com. I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. There you can become a patron. I would appreciate it. It'd buy me some beer. I like beer. I also have Cash App. Use the hashtag shockmonkeyradio to send me money that way. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Also, if you look for the author, Scott L. Robbins, I have five books available for digital download on Amazon.com. So look for me, Scott L. Robbins, with two T's and two B's, books available on Amazon. Um, I just want to take a moment before we get into all the drunken rambling I wrote last night. Um, uh, rest in peace, Gilbert Godfrey. Um, you know, it, it, we've lost a couple of, you know, a lot of good people in this in this decade. You know, Prince being one that comes to mind, obviously, Norm MacDonald, an amazing comedian, and now Gilbert Godfrey, who uh, also an amazing, amazing comedian. You, you might remember him best from playing Iago in uh, Aladdin, and I loved him as that. I mean, he was not only a, a good comic, he was also a, a very, very uh, well, what's the word, uh, prolific uh, voice actor as well, just because of the nature of his really annoying voice. You know, he was the Aflac guy for a while, you know, because the annoying voice is a thing. You know, you hear that voice, you know exactly who it is. And the guy, I mean, a lot of these kids, you know, who grew up watching Aladdin, they'll go and like research his comedy and find out that he's, oh, wow, this guy's really, really raunchy. And it's like, yes, yes. Um, so, I mean, and I think that that's good. I mean, it was, uh, I think co comedians are very important. They're far more important than like an actor, like a dramatic actor. Cause I think that, you know, humor is, uh, is the pressure valve we all need in order to, uh, 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 just get through life without crying. And so it's, it's important that we, yeah, I know I'm not, I'm not big on like celebrity worship or anything like that, but I think that comedians are quite important. And so I think it's just, you know, show some respect. Go watch some Gilbert Godfrey clips. You will laugh your ass off. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. All right. So when I played DC Heroes role-playing game, um, there was a trait that they had. It was called drawbacks or disadvantages or something like that. And you could get, you take these drawbacks or disadvantages and you can gain more hero points in order to build up your character. So I was just thinking, and it's like, what if people had superpowers? but there was always a negative aspect to it. For example, what if you could teleport anywhere in the world, but you crapped your pants every single time you did it? <laughs> you know, Think, that's, the, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Uh, what if you could heal people, like even bring people back to life, you know? Um, and, you know, depending upon how recent the death, you know, I don't want to get into another Jesus, Lazarus, and the zombie army, uh, army argument again. 
All right. Anyway, so imagine you could heal people or bring people back to life. But once you did, you would immediately vomit two pints of blood afterwards, which is not only very gross, but a potential biohazard, depending upon what you have in your blood. All right. So uh, but, and then afterwards, you're weak, you're anemic, you're thirsty, you're pale. You know, what if <laughs> what if whenever you got angry or maybe sexually aroused, you would turn into a giant green monster, like 10 to 12 feet tall, friggin jacked. And you ripped out of all your clothes just to reveal a pro pro proportional hard-on, raging proportional hard-on. And you're only interested in fucking and fighting anywhere it fits. Anywhere it fits. A pipe in the side of the wall, if it fits. What if, <laughs> what if you could fly, but only when you're sleeping? All you do is simply float into the kitchen and pretend to eat cereal and then go back to bed. It's more like sleep flying. More of a liability than anything at that point. Not that a Hulk stiffy wouldn't be. Now, what if you had super speed? You know, flash powers. But you can only do it when you had a cold. And maybe you start going out <laughs> speedos on cold days. Or perhaps you hang around the mall in flu season. What if... <laughs> What if you're Dr. Strange, but you were tripping balls the whole time you were learning all the spells. So now you need the state dependent learning and you need six tabs of acid just to remember the spells, just so you can reorder time. Every single spell you need to be tripping balls. And then Captain America turns to Dr. Strange, master of the mystic arts and <laughs> starts barking orders at him. And, and uh, Dr. Strange simply replies, your eyes and jaw are so huge right now. And then the fate of humanity is sealed. What if, <laughs> what if you're like Beast Boy? I mean, Changeling. Um, you know, he was in the Doom Patrol. He's the oldest member of Teen Titans Go. Anyway, you can change into different animal forms, but only when you sneeze. But once you feel a sneeze coming on, you have to start thinking about the animal that you uh, that you turn into once you sneeze. Achoo! You're an eagle. So would you start carrying pepper spray on your utility belt? Would you risk ever eating anything spicy in polite company? Then again, even on Beast Boy's best day, he's a green furry humanoid with pointed ears and, and teeth. So, all right. So what if you shouted Shazam and you became Captain Marvel? I think that's a DC copyright. Previously, Wiz Comics, I think, possibly EC. I'm not going to look it up. Anyway, Shazam! And you're a kid in a superhero body, plus your body odor is awful, and you're farting and burping all the time. You're super gassy! Maybe it's because the junk food you eat makes a 30-something hero twice your natural weight fart a lot. Maybe it's because a 12-year-old in a superhero's body would never, ever think of taking a shower while he has the power to fly and bend steel. And that's what really, I think that's what really never happened in the Dial H for Hero comics. The hero that they ever, they always, they turned into when they dialed H for Hero, it never seemed to feel rented. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ugh, I turned into this hero, but my mouth tastes awful. What is, what was the last guy eating? You know? Never, it feels like when you dial H for hero, you know, this is like, this is rental. This is, <laughs> this is awful. They keep horrible. They needed to clean these <laughs> superheroes more often.
Anyway, what was the last guy doing with this hero? Anyway, it's just some stuff I was thinking about. Uh, I was also thinking about explorers like Columbus, Magellan, Cortez. Back in the age of exploration, where most people thought that those guys would sail right off the earth. And I just love how those guys called bullshit on all those kinds of thoughts. We sail off the earth? Well, where do we fall to? Hell? Hades? The infinite void? What we call space now? You watched us sail away. Eventually, it looks like we were sinking down and then we were gone. So obviously, we fell off the planet? Sunk would be a more reasonable guess. Why did your mind go there? Also, how did we get back? We were just going from Tun- we were just going to Tunis from Naples, where we have known maps of, and we've made many trips back and forth across the Med. We call it the Med because we've been across it so often. Okay? That's why that's why I think this whole fall off the earth thing was more of an uneducated belief. I think by the time the 15th and 16th centuries came around, the educated people extrapolated from common experiences that is probably a curvature of the planet that we live on. So, now we know the Spice Islands are all the way over here on the right side of the map. So maybe if we go left on the map, and we'll come out the other side like Pac-Man. Oh, damn, there are a whole, there's a whole other continent in the way. I guess we'll have to go around that too. What's also interesting is that it took so long to travel that distance. And even while Spain was conquering Mexico and thereabouts, tons of other countries were getting lost and dying cold, horrible deaths in the islands north of Canada, the Northwest Passage. Even though they knew that the route Magellan, that, the, the route that Magellan had taken. When you're freezing to death in Baffin Bay, you must have felt pretty stupid. But all these things are what mapped our world. Imagine all that happened only after the invention of powered flight. Like in France, some guys invent planes and the mapping of the world would have just been way easier. Thousands of sailors died just to get those islands above Canada marked out on the map for the completion bonus. I guess it's easy to think this way about these things here in 2022, but I wonder about explorers in space. If they will ever say that ships should stay away from this area because there's space monsters that will come up and gobble your ship whole. Probably not. But I think that humanity has another exploration age coming in the next few hundred years. And I'm kind of bummed that I won't be around to see it, much less explore myself. If humanity were venturing the galaxy in 1981, and I have tons of relatives who signed up onto ships to explore Proxima Centauri, and half of them never came back, that may sound like I would have things worse than I have them now, but the possibilities, the possibilities of what any one of us could see out there, the wonders and the beauties of our universe would be mine to behold, the possibilities of humans' future among the stars, how different societies of people on different colonies would develop social and cultural differences. This is all still far, far, there are still far, far more to explore than even Columbus, Magellan, and Cortez could have imagined. Hell, I have difficulty imagining all that myself. (laughs) Take a sip of water in between segments. 
That's how you know Batman's done with that segment. Uh, I went out to eat with my family recently, and I saw all the servers still walking around with masks on. And I think that the food service industry will be the last people who will stop wearing masks if they ever stop wearing them at all. I think that they will never stop wearing masks from now on. And I'll tell you why I think that. See, this whole COVID mask nonsense was always driven by the psychotic germaphobes that exist in our society. I remember back when I worked at Chi Chi's in the mid 90s, and there was this poster on the wall in the kitchen that had pictures on it, on it giving examples of how not to serve food and drinks, like don't touch the rim of the glass or don't wrap your thumb over the edge of the plate and other things like that. Being that I am me, I had to ask why we can't serve things this way. And I was told that corporate obviously got a lot of complaints about the way people held someone's plate or glass. So because of a few complaints, Everyone has to change the way they do things. Kind of reminds me of the internet. But the fact of the matter is that thumbs wrapped over the plate edges and the rims of glasses all the time in the back of the house, well out of sight of the customer. So it's all about the illusion that people never touch your plate or glasses or silverware. People who think that their food coming out of the back of the restaurant must have come out of a hermetically sealed bag right before it was brought out to them are idiots and fools. And if you ever worked in a restaurant, you know this to be true. People don't die or get sick because of an errant thumbprint on a drinking glass. Chefs in the back may be scooping rice onto your plate with their bare hands, but you will never see it. So it never happened. And if you think such a thing is so disgusting and unhygienic, then you should never eat out. You should stay home and prepare your food in your particular obsessive compulsive hypochondriac way. That's what rational people think. And that's what food service businesses should say in response to these kinds of mentally ill complaints. But no, all of us have to alter the way we do things because of this tiny minority of nut jobs. Exactly like how this whole mask thing played out. It wasn't enough that these psychos had to wear a mask to protect themselves, but they had to force everyone else to wear a mask for the peace of their unbalanced mind. So here we are at April of 2022, and most everyone is not wearing masks anymore. Sure, you still see people out there wearing masks, but I still see the same amount of people alone in their cars with a mask on or walking alone with a mask on. So those are the people that are already mentally ill enough or rule, ruled by their fear enough to always wear a mask no matter what. That won't change because those people probably can't be fixed. However, restaurant staff are still wearing mask, masks. Because those hypochondriacs out there still fear someone sneezing or coughing over their food, a booger rolling out, or a single hair landing in, a, in their soup. These people are sick in the head because that, uh, because that was never an issue to anyone before the pandemic. But because a small minority of people who think that the five-second rule is disgusting complain, the rest of society needs to conform to their wishes. And you know what restaurant workers do to people like that? They intentionally spit in their food in the back of the house. And you know what? They'll never get sick. They'll never know. No harm, no foul. Time to grow up and realize that all biological life is messy and disgusting, especially when it comes to the overgrown poop-throwing monkeys that we call the human race. <clears throat> you nasty, madman. You nasty. All right, one more thing to talk about before we get into the news. Uh, 
Um, sometimes I wonder uh, what it would be like in the nursing home that I die in. Um, I want, what would it look like? Specifically the people. What would the people that, that will be in there with me look like? So all of you out there who have extensive sleeve work on your arms, you know how, that's, how stupid that's going to look in your 80s? Your tats will darken and stretch with your wrinkly skin and you'll end up uh, looking like Shiva or something with dark blue arms. You know, one of the tats that I really hate is when women get a tat on their chest above their breasts. I'm like, why? Why ruin those beautiful things with a silly chapter heading? When I see those kinds of tats, I'm instantly turned off. I know many women don't care, especially women who think that kind of tat is a good idea. But imagine how silly it all will look once your knockers are sagging down to your knees. Speaking about breasts, what about breast implants? They don't age and sag the way natural fun bags do, but the rest of you will sag. Use your imagination when it comes to that, what it must look like when you're 80 years old. But what about those people with gauges in their ears or piercings? Sure, you might think that sticking a stud in your face is cute. Hint, it's not. But will you still be doing something like that in your golden years? At least you could take out the piercings. But would you want your grandmother to have a piercing between her lip and teeth or a nose ring? I think it's just ridiculously silly. And nursing, uh, nursing homes will be quite a sight in the next 20 to 30 years. I always found uh, tattoos and excessive piercings to be stupid and unattractive. Four years in the Navy and I still have no tattoos. Mostly because people would tell me that getting tats is like heroin or something. Crazy addictive. And we're, when we're all old and gray, these kinds of things I thought were stupid in my 20s will look ever so much more stupid in my 80s. Granted, I have no control over what other people in this world do to themselves. And the choices I've made in my life are not for everyone. But just bear this in mind. I will be the guy walking by your room on my walker, ridiculing you mercilessly. So just start bracing yourself for that now. Brace yourself for that kind of humiliation now. Because I don't think I will change that much between now and then. Also, I think it will be hilarious that all the grannies and grandpas in the nursing home with me will all be listening to Nirvana, Tool, and Limp Biscuit. And we all gather in the day room to watch Game of Thrones or Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And in all honesty, it actually sounds like it might be quite a good time. All right. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right, let's get into the news worth knowing. <coughs> Thank you, EK. All right, so um, hope if you're in the news at all, I'm sure you've heard about this uh, subway shooting. Uh, so... <clears throat> Obviously, you're getting live updates uh, through this all day, so I'm going to cover the headlines and the fast facts here on uh, this big story. Brooklyn subway shooting suspect Frank James in custody after massive manhunt. So here are the fast facts. Thank you, Fox News. Uh, shooting reported Tuesday morning at, in a Sunset Park Brooklyn subway station. Hope Gavin McInnes is okay. Officials say at least 29 people injured, including those who were shot. Ten patients suffered gunshot wounds, and five were in critical but stable condition. The suspect reportedly has a history of publishing racist and shocking YouTube videos. And the NYPD is asking anyone for the information related to give them a call. 800-577-TIPS. So, yeah, the New York City shooting leaves three dead and 12 others wounded hours after the subway attack. 
Three people were killed and at least 12 others were wounded in a series of shootings across New York City Tuesday night, just hours after the early morning Brooklyn subway attack that prompted officials to again call for an end to surging gun violence plaguing the Big Apple. A 23-year-old woman and two young men, ages 21 and 22, were all shot to death in separate shootings in the Bronx Tuesday night. At least five other individuals, including a 15-year-old girl, were reportedly wounded by gunfire but survived across New York City over the course of a six-hour time span. The violence happened hours after authorities say a man donned a gas mask, detonated a smoke grenade, and opened fire inside a train car at the 36th Street Station in Sunset Park, Sunset Park Brooklyn, around 8.24 a.m. as commuters headed to work in Manhattan and children were on their way to school. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, and so apparently... Uh, they have them in custody, thank God. Um, and so a, a lot of the news organizations have been talking about this, obviously, lately. And so um, I was watching Louder with Crowder this morning. They showed a, showed a clip of his YouTube <clears throat> uh, YouTube channel, and he's clearly, <clears throat> clearly racist. I got a frog in my throat. Clearly racist, anti-white racist. You know, and a lot of the mainstream news has been staying away from that, even like Fox News kind of stays away from that you know, you know they say it's like when when it when it comes to a, per, a black person who is racist they don't talk about it as much as they would like a white person who is racist if it were a white guy who says i want to kill a bunch of black people boom that's 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 the headline that's the leading edge of the story you know what i'm saying but when it comes to this guy you know they're who are ridiculously racist i think they're they're so oppressed that, you know, <laughs> you think you have to make war because that's what this is. It's like an act of war against, you know, trying to start a race war, which is, is silly. Not everyone wants a race war. <laughs> Very few people actually want a race war. And so, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's awful. It's awful that people do these kinds of things because they're so misinformed. You know, I just, I wonder, I don't know, what could have been done to make this guy less angry? Because really, that's what it is. I don't think it's necessarily a racial issue. I think it's it's more of a somebody who has a hard time dealing with their anger. <clears throat> As a person who's had trouble dealing with his anger in the past, I I think that you know, there's not a whole lot that is done to help people who uh, have issues like dealing with their anger. And so, um, and it was real hard. It was because you know I'd get angry or something like that, and people you know, they would punish you. You know, like in the Navy or when I had the, the contracting job, when I'd lose my temper, you know, they, you'd get in trouble. You get punished. But, you know, it's uh, there's very little done in order to like, hey, how, you know, what kind of cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, what can we do to help you deal with this anger? And, so, you know, sometimes your anger is like you're, you're too lost in it. And when you're as racist as this guy was, is, you know, you're kind of lost. You're lost in the anger. It's a shame. And, you know, people, people had to, people died, not had to die, but people died because of this. And that's not cool. Not cool. So, and also the issue is, is like New York City, that's like toughest gun laws in the country, isn't it? And that's, that's what I mean. Is like, if there are more citizens out there who are armed, it would have been, the body count would be different. It would have been different. For better or worse, it depends upon your particular perspective, I guess. But if there are more armed civilians out there, because, you know, he, uh, I, I think I read in the story that he got his gun in Ohio, this gun in Ohio, and then he drove to New York City with it. 
<laughs> they don't have metal detectors into entering the state. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> so it's a uh, yeah, gun laws. Ah, oh, great. My mouth, my mouse died on me. All right, let's talk about China for a little bit, um, because there's not a whole lot of people talking about it, and I think I think we should talk about it. So Shanghai warns residents who violate COVID lockdown will face punishment. All right, mouse is working again. Uh, Shanghai authorities reportedly warned Wednesday that anyone who violates the COVID-19 lockdown rules will face punishment. The police department called on the city's 25 million residents to fight the epidemic with one heart. Uh, quote, those who violate the provisions of this notice will be dealt with in strict accordance with the law by public security organs. If, the, if it const constitutes a crime, they will be investigated according to the law, the department said in a statement, according to Reuters. Uh, Shanghai is experiencing China's largest COVID-19 outbreak since the pandemic started in Wuhan. However, some residents were allowed out of their homes Tuesday as the city eased its two-week-long shutdown. The, uh, the online news outlet, The Paper, cited city officials saying that 6.6 .6 million people can go outdoors, but others must stay uh, in their own neighborhoods. In addition, some markets and pharmacies would reopen, even as a health official warned China does not have the virus under control. Millions have been confined to their homes and struggling to get daily supplies, including food and medicine, after the abrupt closure of most businesses in March 28. A video shared widely on social media showed city dwellers shouting from their balconies in protest, with some saying they have not received government-distributed packages. That means food. These people are, like, starving and shouting from their balconies. I don't know if you've seen these, uh, Tim, these videos. Tim Pool, he, he focused on it a bit, and God bless him for it, you know. Uh, but these people like, you know, just this video taken from like in, in a city, silence, it's just nothing but screaming, people complaining, they're hungry. Anyway, online grocers, grocers sold out early in the day during the middle, uh, beginning of the shutdown and customers experienced delays as vendors struggled to meet the demand. Those who test positive for COVID-19 are, are forced into temporary, temporary quarantine facilities that have been criticized uh, as being as crowded as crowded and unsanitary. The country's government reported 24,659 new cases through mon uh, midnight Monday, including 23,387 with no symptoms. That tally included 23,346 in Shanghai, where no deaths have been reported in the latest wave. On Monday, the U.S. announced that all non-emergency non U.S. government employees should be withdrawn from the Shanghai consulate, leading a foreign ministry spokesman to accuse Washington of politicizing its evacuation. State Department advised Americans against travel to China last week due to arbitrary enforcement of laws and antivirus restrictions, including a risk of parents and children being separated. Arbitrary enforcement. That's, a, <laughs> that's an understatement. Um, yeah, I mean, f first of all, it's, it's what is it like the Delta variant that we're worried, you know, that's going around right now. It's, it's not as fatal. And I'm, not that you can trust the numbers China gives us. You know, but I mean, it's, it's not that it's not as fatal, as fatal as the original one was, you know, but China, you know, when the first when all this first started happening, China, you know, was welding people into their homes. You know, and that's that's crazy authoritarianism, you know, and there's aspects of there are people in our government who would like to do that to us. So just keep that in mind. And that's why I think these the stories about what's happening in China are relevant. It's like that's a true authoritarian regime. And that's what they do. You know, they they make the vaccines in China for their people, 
but they don't care that much about it. So they're low quality vaccines. They're not as good as the vaccines you can get in the West, like in, in the United States in particular. So they get these crappy vaccines that don't work. They don't really protect people. And then so more people get it. Plus, you know, they're quarantining these people. You know, people are starving to death. We're, we're going we're gonna to seal you in your house and starve you to death. And maybe that'll, not, well, that'll definitely kill the COVID. <laughs> kill the people who have it. It's brilliant. Brilliant supervillain idea. And, you know, it's, it's one thing for me to sit here and say, like, you know, I don't like China. And I've said it hundreds of times that I don't like China. And it's not the people of China that I hate. It's the government that holds those people down in China. You know, we should all pay attention to what's going on in China because those are human beings that live in China. They, they have no control over where they're born. All right. And I'm not saying U.S. needs to invade China and free all the people and install a democracy because that's silly. But at some point, the, the, the populace needs to rise up. I mean, I mean, hell, man, the, the whole idea of uh, like communism has always been the, the proletariat unite, you know, take control of your country. And that's what I wish the people of China would do. They would get pushed to a corner. But, you know, after Mao came to power, they started like all the free thinkers. They killed them all. They kill people for free, you know, thinking freely. But the fact of the matter is, is I know there's free, free thinkers in China because they're human beings. And plus, all this information is coming out of China, which China doesn't want this stuff out. All this video that we get to, we get to, we get to see from China is basically smuggled out digitally. Which I think is a good thing that they have those avenues to get that information out to us. But at the same time, you know, I'm concerned about the lives of the people who live under that kind of authoritarian regime. My heart breaks for them. It's awful. And this mouse is really starting to piss me off. All right. Let's go to this next story. Um, <laughs> Greg Abbott. All right. So uh, first Texas bus drops off migrants blocks from U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. So a bus from Texas arrived in Washington, D.C. Uh, this morning, transporting dozens of illegal immigrants as part of Go uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's new plan to counter federal immigration policies during an ongoing border crisis. Abbott announced last week that he was directing the Texas Division of Emergency Management, TDEM, to transport, uh, transport migrants released from federal custody in Texas to the nation's capital and other locations outside of the state. Oh, I got a burp or something coming. Uh, the bus pulled up at approximately 8 a.m. local time, uh, blocks away from the U.S. Capitol building. Fox News has learned that they came from the Del Rio sector in Texas after coming to the U.S. from Colombia, Cuba, uh, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Upon the bus's arrival in Washington, D.C., individuals disembarked one by one except for family units who exited together. They checked in with officials who had wristbands they were wearing to, that, they, that were cut off before being told that they could go. Uh, according to TDEM, um, Abbott's plan is already working. The agency told Fox News on Monday that many of the community, communities that originally reached out for support from the Rio Grande Valley to uh, Terrell County say the federal government stopped, uh, stopped dropping immigrants in their town since Abbott's announcement on April 6th. Some have questioned whether Abbott's plan to bust migrants was genuine. The White House dismissed it as a publicity stunt. Even Texas State uh, Representative Matt Schaefer, a Republican, called it a gimmick. TDEM said it's dispatched dispatch buses over the week, weekend, bo weekend to border communities where it coordinated with officials to identify these immigrants. 
The agency added that each bus has the capacity has the capacity and supplies necessary to carry up to 40 migrants released in Texas communities and transport them to Washington, D.C. Still, the governor's legal authority to transport busloads of migrants to the U.S. Capitol remains in question. The 2012 uh, Supreme Court case, Arizona versus the United States, prevents states from making their own immigration policies. Abbott insists that the federal government is failing to adequately address the situation. Uh, President Biden recently announced that he would be rescinding Title 42, which was used to expel migrants swiftly due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, Texas demanded, demand and deserve an aggressive, comprehensive strategy to secure our border, not President Biden's lackluster leadership, Abbott said in a statement. He went on to say, as the federal government continues to roll back common sense policies that once kept our communities safe, our local law enforcement has stepped up to protect Texans from dangerous criminals, deadly drugs, and illegal contraband flooded into the Lone Star State. That's the end of the article. So now for the opinion part. Yes, he's, he's correct in that because not only are people coming through, but, you know, all sorts of illegal things like fentanyl. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, it's not a good thing. You know, and this is why a republic is always best is always the best form of government, because um, it, here I'll read this. I'll read this one uh, sentence again. Some had questioned whether Abbott's plan to bust migrants was genuine. The White House dismissed it as a publicity stunt. Even Texas State Representative Matt Schaefer, a Republican, called it a gimmick. And this is why a republic is important. And that's why governors will always be important, because Greg Abbott lives, works in the state of Texas. Matt Schaefer works, lives in D.C., and that's the problem. That's why he doesn't agree with Greg Abbott. That's why he calls it a, a gimmick, because he doesn't live there anymore. It's like all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden you're going to ship him to my doorstep. Oh, what kind of gimmick is that? Because that's the point. That's the point of shipping the, the illegal immigrants from Texas that the U.S. is just letting into the country. That's why you take them to D.C., I know I live close to D.C., and that means that there's going to be more illegal immigrants in my you know, vicinity. But I don't care about that. It's more important that, that Texas makes this statement. It's like, you need to secure this border federally. After all, Customs and Border, uh, you know, uh, border Patrol, that's a federal agency. And if they're not going to do it, then that means the task of keeping illegal immigrants out of the country or their state falls upon the state's law enforcement. That's an extra task they don't need. Why do we pay in federal taxes for if you're not using Customs and Border Patrol as it's supposed to be used? And that's the point. And that's why a republic rules. <laughs> that's why I, when, when this was announced last week, I was... <laughs> I laughed as I know they're coming to my community and stuff like that. But I think that that's, uh, that's, that's how you have to deal with it. I mean, you know, God bless Texas because they've always been cut. You know, they were their own country once they may become their own country again, you know, <clears throat> Lone Star state. And, you know, I, you know, I, I got to respect them. Got to respect them. Even though they have cities like Austin. All right, let's go, let's uh, continue kind of with this, this same Greg Abbott thing. Uh, Jen Psaki slams Governor Abbott over truck inspections at Texas-Mexico border, blames him for the price increases. Okay. Uh, the Biden administration is claiming that Texas Governor Greg Abbott's inspection of trucks entering the U.S. from Mexico is not only unnecessary, but contributing to inflation throughout the country. In a statement issued uh, this morning, White House Press Secretary Jan Psaki said that the delays caused by uh, Abbott's policies were having far-reaching impacts. 
Uh, Governor Abbott's unnecessary and redundant, this is a quote. Uh, Governor Abbott's unnecessary and redundant inspections of trucks transiting ports of entry between Texas and Mexico are causing significant disruptions to the food and automobile supply chains, delaying manufacturing, impacting jobs, and raising prices for families in Texas and across the country, Saki said. Last week, Abbott directed the Texas Department of Safety to carry out an enhanced safety inspection of vehicles that pass through the ports of entry, citing that cartels that smuggle illicit contraband and people across our southern border. Abbott is anticipating an uptick in smuggling when the Biden administration ceases expelling migrants via the Title 42 public health order. Price increases, meanwhile, have been an ongoing problem throughout the Biden pre Biden's presidency, with inflation now reaching a 40-year high. Saki's statement blaming Abbott for the price increases comes a day after the Labor Department, Labor Department report showed that consumer price index rose 8.5% over the last year. The day before the release of that report, Saki blamed the high inflation on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, stating that the administration expected March inflation numbers to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. President Biden himself has, has also said that 70% of inflation was Putin's fault. You know, they're going to blame anybody but themselves. And this is what spoiled children do, you know. And that's, that's what we have. You know, Biden hasn't had to work for an honest dollar ever. Ever. And Jen Psaki, this soulless ginger, you know, it, you know, it, it, she got that job at MSNBC and she's going to be moving from White House press secretary to, you know, uh, MSNBC, which means, you know, the same person is going to be signing her checks. But I mean, it's, um, and she also doesn't want to be a part of this. She knows how off, how many lies she's telling on a daily basis that can't, I mean, even if you have, don't have a soul, you know, that's got, that's got to wear you down. You knowing that you're lying to everybody. And that's the point It's like, it's all a lie saying, saying that the inflation is Putin's fault saying it's, it's, it's a uh, Greg Abbott's fault. That's all lies. It's because of the energy crisis that you have created by shutting down pipelines, U S pipelines. And that has effects all over the globe. Not just Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott doesn't have that kind of power. Hell, Putin doesn't have that kind of power. All right? If, if we had kept the Keystone Pipeline going, you know, Europe would be in a way better situation than they are right now. Because that means we could sell energy to them. We could sell oil to Europe. But no, you close down that pipeline and you have far-reaching effects all over the globe. People in China are going to be uh, dying of starvation. People in Africa are going to be dying of starvation because of the costs increase that go up when energy goes up. When the cost of energy goes up, everything goes up. That's the inflation we're seeing. All those I did that stickers with Biden on the gas pumps you see? Who do you think you're fooling? You're fooling no one and you're going to pay for it in November. Hopefully, we all can keep our jobs and, you know, uh, you know, make enough money to survive till then. Because you're going to have, you know, possible food shortages? Possible food shortages? You want to blame Greg Abbott and Putin for that? No, it's because you got a doddering old man in the White House. And if, if you think that he's running anything, you're out of your mind. So it's either Jill Biden or Kamala Harris actually running the country. And either of those prospects are terrifying to me. Terrifying. Anyway, let's go on to this uh, 
<laughs> these last two stories just to cheer us up before we get out of here for the week. And uh, <laughs> I think this is funny because, you know, this is the wrong, this is the wrong venue to do this lady. All right. So animal rights activist glues herself to the floor during an NBA play-in game with a message to the Timberwolves owner. All right. An animal rights protester briefly halted an NBA play-in tournament game between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers when she glued her wrists to the court on, on Tuesday night. The woman, identified as Alicia Santurio, is a member of the animal activist group Direct Action Everywhere. Santurio was wearing a shirt with a message about outgoing team owner Glenn Taylor, which read, Glenn Taylor roasts animals alive. That's silly. You need all the blood out of there just to be sanitary. That's silly. <clears throat> all right. Uh, Santurio was quickly escorted off the floor by security, when she, and she was dubbed glue girl on social media. Uh, the Timberwolves released a statement on the incident. Quote, a fan disruption occurred during the second quarter of tonight's game. We are in touch with Target Center security to address the incident, the team said. Centurio wrote on Twitter that she was trying to address an incident at one of Taylor's chicken farms in Iowa. Quote, I super glued down to the basketball court to bring attention to the mass killing of chickens at Glenn Taylor's factory farm using uh, VSD, which is ventilation shutdown, she wrote. Direct Action Everywhere accused Rembrandt Enterprises, a farm owned by Taylor, of using ventilation shutdown to kill uh, 5.3 million birds last month due to, due to the bird, a bird flu outbreak. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading the story. I don't know. Uh, it's, quote, it's slow and painful death characterized by asphyxiation, the group said in a press release. According to the Des Moines Register, uh, the... The American Veterinary Medical Association uh, prefers the method of using water-based foam to spray over the birds of the barn of a barn in such circumstances. The birds would suffocate as the foam is applied. <laughs> if the foam method uh, won't work because of the circumstances or how the birds are kept, the U.S. Department of Agriculture recommends sealing the barn doors closed and injecting carbon dioxide into the building to make them unconscious before they suffocate and die. If the methods aren't possible because of the size of size of the flock or lack of equipment, the last resort is a ventilation shutdown. Direction, direct Action Everywhere describes ventilation shutdown as a mass killing method whereby ventilate, uh, ventilation openings in the industrial sheds full of birds are closed and some combination of heat, steam, or carbon dioxide are introduced, eventually killing animals via suffocation. Rembrandt Industries uh, Enterprises excuse me, didn't immediately return Fox News Digital's request for comment. All right, so first of all, everyone who's watching sports is a man. Every man who watches sports loves wings, okay? That's the wrong venue. You, you have the wrong audience in front of you to protest this kind of thing. All right, and then a, it's a, a bird flu, bird flu outbreak. Kill those chickens. They're chickens. They're chickens. All right? Look, you want to be vegan? Fine. Fine. But that's a first world lifestyle choice. People starving to death. Don't say, I'm not going to eat that because that's too, it's too cruel. No, people starving to death will eat whatever they can. Even insects. Can you believe that? Even insects. Koala tastes delicious if you're hungry enough. Koala tastes delicious if you're hungry enough. And it probably does. It probably does. And so that's, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. such a first world problem and you're doing it in the wrong place to begin with. You know, uh, they're chickens. People eat chickens. It's like, you know, so there are so many people in this world who are fed now as compared to like 50 years ago because of things like genetically modified organisms. 
because of the fact that we can raise the, the numbers of beef and chicken that we have. It's amazing. We fed, we can feed the hungry of the world with what we are capable of doing. And that's more important than what you think is the right thing to eat. You want to go eat grass? Go eat grass. Don't think that you have to make us do it as well because you think we're being mean to the friggin' brainless chickens. They're chickens. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's just a silly thing to do. It's funny. <coughs> Speaking of eating more chicken, I read this story, and I thought it was hilarious, and it's the simplest, cheapest prank you ever could do, and it's friggin' brilliant. I laughed out loud. I LOL'd. For real. Some people say LOL, but they don't really. But I really LOL'd. So Texas Police Department is seeking information on a Chick-fil-A prankster. Ready for this? After residents of a Texas town were pranked into thinking they would be getting a new Chick-fil-A, local police officers responded with humor. Uh, earlier this week, the Wharton Police Department in Wharton, Texas, posted pictures on Facebook showing a sign that had been put up at a major intersection. The sign said, Chick uh, coming soon, Chick-fil-A, with the hashtag, eat more chicken. <laughs> okay. However, Wharton isn't actually expecting a Chick-fil-A location anytime soon, according to officials. In the Facebook post, the Wharton uh, Police Department wrote that it is actively seeking information on the identity of the infamous original prankster. Quote, this heartless individual has strategically placed a sign promising a Chick-fil-A coming soon at a major intersection of Richmond and FM uh, uh, 1301. Police department joked. Uh, quote, a witness said that this was utterly heinous and heartless. Ooh, that's awful. That's not good at all. The post continued. Uh, the chief has been alloc has allocated additional resources to find the source of this capital offense. Did he really? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> in the comments of the post, the Wharton Police Department added a picture of a cow, the Chick-fil-A mascot, and wrote, we are interested in identifying this individual that was seen near the scene earlier. Obviously. In an email, <clears throat> Sergeant Ariel Soltura, the public information officer of the Wharton Police Department, told Fox News Digital that the police department did not stage the prank themselves, but they played it up with humor. Uh, Saltura explained that the Wharton Police Department often uses hu humor in its Facebook page with our goal to further hu uh, humanize police officers and increase community buy-in. <laughs> Saltura also said that Chick-fil-A prankster may have uh, fooled officials as well. Uh, quote, it's not, it's not often that an entire department of trained police professionals gets duped, but this is in fact the case with utterly heinous and heartless prank, Saltura said. It's an awful joke. Why do you print it twice? To say... Uh, to say that we're sad that, that the sign wasn't real is an understatement, as Chick-fil-A is absolutely delicious. So at it. <laughs> Chick-fil-A also confirmed to Fox News Digital via email that the fast food chain does not have any current plans to open a restaurant in Wharton. Quote, we are always evaluating potential new locations in the hopes of serving uh, existing and new customers great food with remarkable service, the company said in a statement. While we hope this uh, to serve the Wharton community in the future, we do not currently have any locations to confirm. And that's the end of the article. Now, I think Chick-fil-A is going to put our location there as soon as possible because I think it's obvious they want one. Somebody wants one. Now, here's the thing. You know, if one guy, one guy gets a hold of a sign and puts it up, 
Do you think it was just because he was, was like, man, I wish there was a Chick-fil-A here? Here. Because it's on my way to work. <laughs> you know? I, I know. And so it's like, maybe if I put the sign there, if you build it, they will come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's hopeful. And then, you know, all these people see it and they're like, oh, hell yeah. I love Chick-fil-A. I could go for a chicken sandwich every now and then. And their waffle fries. And their sweet tea. And that Chick-fil-A sauce. People love it. People love Chick-fil-A. It's probably the best fast food, you know, even though you can't get beef there. I do like and do like a good burger. You know, and I, I remember like growing up in Lake Placid, New York, you know, we'd have to go, you know, uh, to if we wanted to go to Pizza Hut or something like that, we'd have to go to the next town over. You know, we had to go to Saranac Lake or something like that for a Burger King. We had a McDonald's. And so people at Saranac Lake had to come to Lake Placid to get their McDonald's. But we had to go there to get Burger King or Pizza Hut. And uh, I I think the closest KFC was in Plattsburgh. I remember one Sunday after church, my dad and a friend, we were all hanging out with family, family and friends. And we're all like, well, what if we drive up, take an hour drive to Plattsburgh, New York, pick up some KFC and drive back and come back with this cold chicken. <laughs> and dad's eyes really red. The, um, and so I think that's hilarious. You know, it's, it's, it could be a marketing ploy. You know, it could have been some just somebody, you know, really, really wanted a Chick-fil-A sandwich and they wanted it in their town. And so they came up with this idea for good or bad. You know, you should you should eat, eat more chicken, obviously. <laughs> anyway, I want to remind you again that I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio. I also have a cash app. Use hashtag shock monkey radio. Send me money. I would appreciate it. Buy me some beer. Thank you very much. And so uh, this is going to be end of the show. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm the madman, and I love you.